0: Okay, let's get started with Parshas Vayetze, Toph, Shin, Ayin, Ches. And we start off with a one-liner from the Kotzkirk. One letter from the Kotzker, from Ms ve'emunah, the compilation of his svarim. He didn't write the Sefer, but a lot of his ma'amarim are stated uh, there. So in Ms ve'emunah, in source number one, he writes, based on the pasuk. as we know, towards the beginning of the Parsha, Yaakov has a dream. We continue with the dreams of Sefer Bracious as we know, many dreams. Yosef has dreams, Paro has dreams, Yaakov has dreams. So right here, Yaakov's dreams, what happens in the dream, says the Torah <coughs> in Perach of Ches, Vayikatz Yaakov Yishnaso. Yaakov wakes up. Vayomer and he says, There's God here. I do not know. I better get up. I better do something. Says the Katsukur, what does a Jew do when he wakes up? And what does a Mitzri do when he wakes up? Yaakov wakes up. He jumps. What's going on? I have to accomplish. I have what to do. It's, it's, it's Hashem is here. And what does it say later on in the parsha in the uh, Sefer bracious? Vayikatz Paro? Paro wakes up, goes back to sleep. Vayakhalom sheenis, and he has a second dream. The contrast of the Vayikatz of Paro and the Vayikatz of Yaakov tells us, what a Jew does when, when he wakes up. Ha-chilik ben Yehudi lagoi hu vayikaz Yaakov mishnasov vayomer Oshemispalel, Oshalomeid Ha-vayikatz Paro vayishan vayakhalom sheenitz Vayikatz Paro minei chalom He dreams, goes back to sleep. We have to realize every day that when we wake up is an opportunity. It's a day to fulfill something. It's a day to accomplish. The first words that come out of our mouth, it's unbelievable if you think about it, is Torah Kodesh Baruch Hu. The last words that we say before we go to sleep are Torah Kodesh Baruch Hu. Our day, the contours of our day are Moda Ani and Hamapil. Kodesh Baruch Hu. I recognize that it's all from you. Hashem protect me while I sleep. Moda Ani and Hamapil, that's a Jew's day. We wake up, and we say Modani. That's the first halacha in Shulchan Arach, the first halacha in the tour that was supposed to jump out of bed after a few seconds. After we, as the post can say, not jump, it's a little dangerous, but after a few seconds when we're up, right, we should get up and follow Yaakov and re- try to recognize every morning we should realize there's God in this place. Like Chavetz Chaim says, we've quoted in the past on in Parsha Shmos, but the Chavis Chaim says uh, that Chadash Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu, "Take off your shoes because Hamaka The place that you are standing is holy ground." Says the Chavis Chaim, "That's subject to every Jew. The place that you are standing is holy ground. Kodesh. Wherever a Jew is, Hamaka Kodesh. That's the Katska right here. Right? He wakes up. It's a holy day." It's a holy place. Wherever a Jew happens to wake up, and whenever he wakes up, there is kedusha to fulfill. Okay, that gets us started, and now we get back to the first pasuk. Yaakov mi vayelech Charan. Yaakov runs away from Beersheva. vayelech He goes to Haran. Rashi points out, as we know that we already know this from the last parsha at the end of the Parsha's us. We already know that Yitzchak and Rivka sent Yaakov away. Right, the, we noted last week, the only conversation that takes place in the entire Torah Shavachsav between Yitzchak and Rivka. Rivka tells Yitzchak, you gotta send them away. You gotta send them away. That's the only conversation. I've had enough of these women. That's it. So, Yaakov already left. So, says Rashi, why do we have to know again that he left if he already left? Says Rashi, Vayetze Yaakov, Vayetze Lo haYitzarach lechTov b'alav Yelech Yaakov Charana. V'lamah his Kir Yitzia So? Why does it have to say his Yitzia? Ella Magid she Yitzias Tzadik min haMakom Oser Roshem. The Yitzia of a tzadik from a place is Oser Roshem has an effect. When a tzadik leaves somewhere, when a rabbi leaves, when a great righteous person leaves, the place realizes it. The place feels it atzadik ba'ir hu hoda hu hu When a tzaddik is in the city, the shine, the honor, the glory. Yata misham a tzadik leaves Ziva, Pana Hadra. We'll get back to those three ba'ashem in a couple of minutes, but first a thought from the be'er yosef. Rabbi Yosef Misalant says Rabbi Yosef Misalant. Source number two, quoting Rashi from the medrash. Uh, and obviously, the, me- the message of the medrash is that Yaakov Avinu's presence or lack thereof was felt from where he came. Ulam Yeshlomar says to Ber Yosef. There's something else that we have to realize that we can understand on a on a more another level of drash. Yaakov went out of Be'er Sheva. Yaakov realized he left Be'er Sheva. Not just that Be'er Sheva recognized that Yaakov left. Yaakov himself recognized that he left Be'er Sheva. What does that mean? Ulam Yeshvalmar, Shigam Klape Yakov At smo, no Mava Yeti Yakomi Bersheva, Hainu, Shehu Hirgish Hayetsiyami Bersheva, Mako Migura Soshagoviv. He knew where his father was Vishalavriam Aviaviv, his grand Avram, his grandfather, Shinnata Shameshel, Vasunafashos Bemunas Hashem. He was leaving the friendly confines of Beersheva. This was an unbelievable place. Avram Yitzchak. This is where it was. And now he has to leave. Now he has to run away. Who knows what's going to be like? Who knows what's there? He's only heard stories. He's heard stories maybe from his mother about what love is like and what uh what he can expect. Tuma <speaking in Hebrew> right that's what the Pasak says in Yishayod, that's what it's full of. So this is what he's this is where he's going. Line eighteen. <speaking in Hebrew> Yakov recognized it. And he was somewhat in shock, somewhat sad that he has to leave. igra rama labira amikta from the high point to the lowliest where he has to go, the Torah says, Yaakov recognized that he was leaving Bersheva. It wasn't just that Bersheva recognized that Yaakov left. Yaakov realized from where he had to leave. <speaking in Hebrew> he also felt. But what's the message then? That's his thought. But we can take it one step further. He recognized it and therefore he took precautions for what was going to greet him. Because often in life, we go from a safe haven, from a safe home, and sometimes we have no choice. We have to go out. We don't look for Nisyonos. Right? David HaMelech already taught us in Mesecha Sanhedrin. Right? He asked for and it didn't work out. So he realized, we don't ask for Nisyonos, and we say every morning, at the end of Berchot HaShachar, Hashem, please keep Nisyonos away from me. But there are challenges in life. Right? There's no, there's no getting out of it. Everybody has challenges in life. The first step is to recognize that I'm going to have challenges. Sometimes they're a surprise and we don't, we don't have any warning. But sometimes we have to recognize that out there in the big wide world, right, there are challenges to our neshama, to our value system. And if we prepare for it, so that already is half the battle. Yaakov recognized that he left Be'er Sheva, and that's why maybe next week's Parsha, we can learn about Imlavangarti, the Tar Yag Mitzvah Shamarti. He was able to make that declaration on his way back with his eleven children next week because he recognized when he left, that's why he was able to make that declaration. If we know where we're, go- we're leaving from, so then that'll give us ammunition in terms of putting up the protective walls that we need in terms of where we are going. Number one thought on, on the pasik. But there's another thought on the pasik from the maharau. Raoul picks up on the triple lashon. Triple Lashon and the Rashi. And Rashi says Rashi doesn't just say that the, the uh they felt the effect, but what left? Huhoda, huziva, huhadara. The glory, the shining, the honor hard words to translate, they're all very similar. They're all so but they they have felt. So what what exactly are these separate lashonos of Huhoda, Huzeva, Huhadara? What are these extra lashonos? So let's read the words of the Gur Arye. Says the Maharal, source number three. Panahoda, Venera, Shemasker Gimel Dvarim. Often the Gur Arye is bothered. What's bothering Rashi? Why does Rashi say it? So here, what's the triple lashon? Venera Shemasker Gimel Hadvarim Shahat Sadik Ba'ir Madrich Anashim BeKirba Ba'ir Shamayim. There are three areas where a Jewish communal leader has to do his best to lead the people. Three areas. Be leading by example is first and foremost. But consciously, the words that he uses, what he talks about, three areas says the maharal. Number one is Yerashamayim. Shu mitzvah sasei mitzvah zashem and all that includes... Yerusha'ayim is, as we know, Yerusha'ayim is the is the otsar for Torah, for anything. Right? Yerusha'ayim, HaShem, Yerusha'ayim, HaShem he otsaro. The pasuk says in in Yeshayahu, right? We could have all the Torah in the world if we don't have Yerusha'ayim as the as the holder, as the storage house, as the Gemara puts it. So then, that's uh, the Torah will fall apart. The Torah will be warped. The Torah won't last. Right? The Mishnah tells us in Pirkei called Kod Yerusha'ayim Kodemus l'chachmaso. Chachma miskayemes. If the Yerushalayim comes first, before the Chachma, conceptually before the Chachma, then the, then the Chachma could be miskayem. The first message that a leader, that a tzaddik has to teach his people is Yerushalayim. Number one. Number two, vahasheni, Maskil osam Number two is wisdom. Wisdom of the Torah. He calls it Chachma, interestingly. Not Dhaka, Torah. But Chachma maybe is a wider definition of Torah, of life wisdom, of Ratzon Hashem, what a kaddish Baruch Hu would want, all funneled from Torah. But it's Chachma. He has to teach content. After the Yira, there's... Not, or not, I shouldn't say after. Along with the Yira is the Chachma, right? It's together. And finally, V'Hashlishi L'Lamedosam Midas Tovos Vahagunos, Hadis Karim B'Mesecha all the Midas Tovos, right? All adam Machaveiro, right? How to get along with each other, right? The ultimate, Achtos, V'hadomin HaTovos right? He has to teach that too. He has to teach Midos, right? We can't rely on logic for Midos, right? The, the Bartanura, we've quoted that often. The first Bartanura in Pirkei already makes that point. We can't rely on pure logic for Midos Tovos and Bernardo Machaveiro, right? The, the, the first Bartanura asks the, uh, the famous question, what is the first mission in Perkiyavos doing there? You know, one with. I think we mentioned this even a couple of weeks ago in the Parsha Shir, right? What is the uh, what is um, that mission should be at the end of the beginning of Brachas, the source of the Mesorah. Moshe Kibbutz Rami Sinai, Mesorah LeYeshua, Yeshua Zakenim. That's the beginning of Shas. What is it doing there at the beginning of Avos? Says the Rav Bar Tanura, because one should realize and emphasize that everything in Perkiyavos is not just based on pure logic and ethics, what human beings came up with. But it also comes out of the Torah, comes out of a Torah personality. Even though we read it, you should smile. Dan Who's the real rich person? Who's the real wise person? Kina of a coven, Moshiach adam in olam. All these things that maybe are very logical and we could have figured out. No, no, no. Moshe kibol Torah miSinai. Our ethics also come from Har Sinai. Says the Maharal, area number three, that the tzaddik has to teach the people. Armidas tovos. And focusing and perfecting the religious personality, says the Maharal. As we would have guessed, these are the three areas that Yaakov Avinu excelled. These are the three areas which Rashi is alluding to us with his three words. The three areas where Bersheva was lacking in these areas once he left. Ukenegar Omer, Pana, Hoda. What's Hoda? Hod to wash in Shevach. Hod Hodeh v'hadar What's, what's hod? Hod means praiseworthy. Hodu Hashem, praise to Hashem. Hodu Hashem Right, we start off psuki de zimra. If somebody is full of Yeret shemayim, overflowing with Yeret shemayim, and yeras Hashem, and they spread it, they are worthy of praise. That's hoda. He <inaudible> as we say at the uh, in Eish Yeret Hashem, that's praiseworthy, that's hod. That's the first line of Rashi. Pana hoda. A tzaddik leaves, then the Yeret Shemayim takes a hit. Because the tzaddik is gone. The Yeret Hashem, hulo shevach bivadai. Yeret Shemayim. Right, generally when, when, uh, when parents daven for their children, the root, the, the goal, the dream of every parent. I mean, parents wish everything. They want their kids to be everything. But the basic, Is a yerusha even probably before being a huge talmud chacham and before being a this and a that yerusha That's that's the basics because that's praiseworthy and that's ra'ui l'hisalal yeras hashem itesalal and that's hot number one, number two ukenegat chachma shumalamid no marpana ziva wisdom which ultimately is the wisdom of the Torah the shine ziva. As it says at the end of Masechah Shabbos, Kufnun Bav, that's the great Gemara that says if you're born under on this day of the week, you're going to be this type of person. This day of the week, that person. Or if you're born under this constellation and that constellation. The Gemara goes through everything. But the Gemara says, Whoever was born on a Wednesday, He'll be wise and shining. And shining. Again, the Gemara says at the end in Maslow Yisrael, but the... Gemara says, there's a connection between chachma and shining. Because when someone has Torah, right, Moshe Rabbeinu was ultimate. Torah is Moshe Rabbeinu. His face was shining. Moshe Rabbeinu had to put a masta, had to put a veil over his face after he came down. In Pashas Kisisa, because he was shining because of all the chachma that was inside of him. Right, Torah is Moshe, and that was shine. So that's the second line. Well, Pierce Rashi, Rashi says on that in Shabbos, Gvar Zivtana, right, shining. The chachma of a person will give a shine, right? The true Hadras panim of a tzaddik. When we say, ah oh, he has a Hadras panim, he has a shine. It's not something external. I mean, it could be, but it comes from something internal. It's impossible to have a Hadras panim, as we call it, a special shine without the internal neshama perfection that the tzaddik has achieved. That's what gives the shine. The chachma leads to it. That's number two. So we have, hadar is, uh, hod, I'm sorry. Hod is, uh, I said hadar before, I, I, I misspoke. Hod is shevach, right? Hodul Hashem. Um and number two, that's Yeroth Hashemi Tesalah, Chachma is Ziva, and finally, Hadra, who remez alamidos Amidos HaMeshubachos, Shem Tiferes Lahoseha. That is, glory for its doer. Kidda Amrina, that is a sentence per Kiyavos, Ezu, lo Adam, Kalsha Tiferes Lahoseha, right, so says the Maral, Hadar is a reference to Midos Tovos, and therefore we have the package of Yaakov Avinu, Pana, Hoda. Pana ziva, Pana hadra. It's also a good way to remember the three things. Now we have Yeret Shemayim, Torah, and Midas Tovos. That is what has been taught. And in the footnotes, the Rabbi Hartman points out that the Maral talks about this elsewhere also. He says maybe it's all in one pasik in the end of Eshus <speaking in Hebrew> Chayim. He quotes an adrashi of all three milos in this pasik. <speaking in Hebrew> That's no sechein. sheni is the chachma, yofi is ar, continues how each of those are alluded to in that, in that pasik. But these are the triple, the three things that, uh, the maharal mentions. Okay, so what happens? So Yaakov leaves, we've done a pasik, and we have the introductory Kutsker. So Yaakov leaves Shava, he comes to Charan, and the Ba Makom, and he is met in the place. Chazal pick up on every single phrase in this pasik, because it sounds very choppy. Vayifka Bamakom. Vayolansham. Kivosh Amesh. What do you mean, Vayifka Bamakom? He go, he went somewhere. Unusual Lashon. So we know, Vayifka. Vayifka, we know what it means. He met the place. He davins. Right, quotes Lashon Tfilah. Vayolansham, he goes to sleep. Right, right, Rashi quotes the Gemara Mesech He really overshot, and then he came back, and he had Kvissas Aderech, and then he was gonna go leave again, and then the sun set, and Yaakov goes to sleep, and he has his dream. Vayachalom, Minei Sula, Mutsav Artsav, Rosham, Magiya he has the dream of the ladder with its head in heaven. elokim olim bo. Good. What happened though? Right before he had his dream, I didn't read that part of the pasuk. He takes from the stones and he puts it around his head. Why did he take some stones to sleep on? That was the most comfortable thing he could think of, right? Stones. So there's different versions in Chazal. Some say, as Rashi quotes here. He made a protection around his head. Because he was worried about wild animals, which sounds pretty unusual to us. A couple of little stones around your head is going to preck you from a lion. Right, what does that mean? Okay, not for now. That's homework for uh, figuring out what Rashi means. But Rashi continues. His The stones started fighting with each other. They all fought. That's why it says Hashem made it into one stone. That's why at the end it says he took one stone, the Evan, not the Avanim here. So we'll get back to that in a minute. First, let's see the words of Rev Zeven. Rev Zeven notes the chazal on the word Vayifka is the name Pegia ala and Yaakov was Mesakain Tfilas Arvis. Yaakov composed the tefillah of the nighttime, the Tvila of myriv. Avram did Shachris. Yitzchak, two weeks ago, did Mincha. Lasuach Pasada. And now we have it completed. Yaakov did myriv, right here. Cesar 7. Shachris fa'arvis tkufos ha'adam. Shachris and Arvis aren't just times of the day. Shachris and Arvis are times in our life. So you can understand this more than one way. The way he is understanding it now is that Shachris, let's see what he says, You could say Shachris is when we're younger and Arvis is when we're older. That's not the direction that he's going in now. Shachris is light, is bright, is daytime, is morning, is hopeful, is clear. We have Shachris times of day. We have Shachris times of our life. We feel the sun shining on us. We feel great. Everything's going well. Everything's moving. Life is good. There are shachras times of our life. And there are times that we feel like it's miruf. It could be during the morning, but we feel miruf. We feel dark. We feel gloomy. Feel lost. We feel like it's dark out. Even though it's shining. And the light. So there are chakras times of, di- of life. And there are mire. And sometimes we can have it the same day. The whole one day could be a pendulum of chakras of and arvis moments. Right? That's, that's what life's about sometimes. Avram Tikin Tfilah Chakras. Avram Avinu. He wrote chakras. Right? Wrote. He composed that tefillah. Because Avram Avinu. Right, he had his nisyonos a hundred percent, but Avram Avinu betokif When he had everything, when he recognized the Kaddish when he was spreading the word of Hashem, he was going around spreading yakir huto He was able to connect to God when he had everything, symbolizing that power, and he has shachrus. Yaakov, what was going on right now? Especially considering what we just spoke about. He had to leave Beersheba. He had to leave the place that he loved. The place that he grew up. The only place that he knew. The place that he was comfortable. And he had to go to a foreign land with foreign people and foreign values. All he's heard about from on is not good. Right? It's, and this is what he's going to. He doesn't know how long he's going to be there. How long is his brother going to be mad at him? And he's going. And now he's on the road. And all of a sudden it gets dark. Right? Maybe symbolically. The Yaakov Tigen Philoshe Arvis. lishkoach al Kalatzaris tvila la'ani kiyatov v'l'frenashemishboch sichau. at this time. Where Yaakov, the Meshechachla points out in a few weeks from now in Parshat Va'yigash, he was the only one that had what the Torah calls maros halaila. A vision of the night. That's Yaakov Avinu. Yitzchak also saw something at night in last week's Parsha, but that's not called maros halaila. This is Yaakov Avinu. He's the Av of Choshech. He's the Av, as we know, that went into Galus. But He was the Av that symbolizes the Jew in Galus. That's Yaakov Avinu. Right, and that's what that's what Yaakov symbolizes, and that's what Abraham symbolizes. Part one of R' Zevin. But now let's continue. Next page. In these difficult times of our life, it's not just about going up from out of the darkness. That's not the Jew's job to try to escape the darkness. Our job is to light up the darkness. Not just to run away and escape and try to do what we can to save ourselves, it's to be a candle. How did that happen? What did he do? He took from the stones around his head, and he put him, put it there. Alright, quotes like we said before from Moshe. We don't have to look for Kadusha anywhere else, but Oso hamakom hasharato made love yishliros es ha You're in a dark spot. Pick up rocks from that spot, from that place. You could get stones, but also hamakom shadam nimsa yamakom chashuk va'afel kamasha yia yishliros avnei kodesh. Take those, put them around your head, lift them up. Lola hisro me me'al hamakom elal harimis avne hamakom atzman. Don't just run away from the stones, pick up the stones, use the stones, use the stones for Kedusha. And now Reb Zevin finishes up with the shachris and the Arvis. And again, Avram was on the high and Yaakov was here running from his brother, confused and he took the stones. What's the message then of taking the stones? And what does Chazal say as we just read it? The stones came together into one. What's the message of all the different stones? When the story started, it was all independent stones, but then they un- became unified. Continues Zevin. quotes the medrash that we just saw in Rashi. He quotes after he quotes the Chazal of they became one stone. mine thirteen. You could say somewhat symbolically that every stone is a letter. One letter doesn't mean anything, doesn't make any sense. When you put a couple of letters together, then it makes a word. A couple of words together makes a sentence, a couple of sentences together, it makes a paragraph. Things start making sense when you put them all together. One itself is very difficult to grasp. You have a stone. One stone is nothing. You put one stone on top of another, on top of another, all of a sudden you have a wall. You put a lot of stones, you have four walls, you have a house, you have a community. One by itself doesn't fit. But you put them all together. You put the letters together, you put the stones together, all of a sudden, we see the bigger picture, literally, and then things start fitting together. Yaakov Avinu is the Av of darkness, the Av of Choshech. When we look at our trials and our challenges as separate stones, as one moment in time, sometimes it's inexplicable. Sometimes it's, it's definitely at times tragic, difficult, and the Jewish people could look at one moment and it's just one stone that makes no sense. But ultimately what's gonna happen? all the stones are going to come together and become one stone. And the tapestry of history that Hashem is weaving, putting all the different strings together, that's going to show a beautiful unified carpet and history of the world which could all be explained by Akharish Baruch Hu, only by Akharish Baruch Hu himself, even Moshe Rabbeinu, even Yirmiyo, they all complain, so to speak. Tzadik V'rala, Roshavatovloh. Because we see one stone. And we, we see chapter 6. We don't see the previous Doros, the future Doros. That's the message. Yaakov takes the stones. He's the he's the Av of Golos, the Av of darkness. He puts them all together. And what happens? They all become one stone. Because that's what ultimately will be explained. I think we've quoted in the past, I don't know if, if uh, recently, but uh, we've quoted in the past the thought of the Bali Musr, the, the graphic, unbelievable line that screams out at us on Yom Kippur when we read the Asara Haruge Malchus, the Ten Martyrs, and the Malachim, the Malachim Seidu HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Torah, Schara. Rabbi Akiva, right, the uh, Khutzbis Amaturgamon, these unbelievable. Bali Hamasora, this is this is, the, this is what the this is their end. This is how they're killed, and the Gemara Menachas also discusses this stuff, So this is it, what does the Baruch Hu say? If I hear another word, I'm sending it back to Tovavohu. Whoa! Tovavohu? What Baruch Hu is so mad I'm gonna destroy the world. Why Dafka Tovavohu? Why dafka that? So the marshal is given by the bali musser. You have a couple of of um, weavers. You have a couple of of uh, tofrim for a king. Expert weavers, expert sewers, tailors. That's the word I was looking for. The tailors. And there was one tailor that the king really loved, but the other tailors were very jealous. The king wants a special robe made, and he says to the tailor, "You know, you know, take all of your uh, all of these uh, raw materials. Make me a beautiful, beautiful robe." And he does, he spends a week, he makes him a beautiful robe. And the other tailors want to get this guy in trouble. And they say, you know what? Mr. King, this tailor stole some of the threads himself. He stole some, he took some off the side. The guy's like, what are you talking about? He used exactly what I was given, I used it. So the, no, they're like, no, he did, he took some off the side. The king says, what, well, what, how do you, how do you defend yourself? Says the tailor, the only way I could explain to you and show you the truth is if I take the whole thing apart and start again that's when you'll understand and see, I used every single thread exactly how you told me to. Kodesh Baruch Hu says to the Malachim, you want to understand it. Even Rabbi Akiva, you want to understand everything in life? Every st- I got to start again. I have to unweave everything and then it will be understandable. Yaakov Avinu tells us and he gives us hope. Every stone itself is difficult, but it all becomes one stone as Rashi says, as the Paschik says later on, and he pours oil on that stone. Okay. Moving right along. That's a Reb Zeven to take home. Says the Torah. Let's continue now, later on. Yaakov Avinu comes to Lavan, Lavan's house. We have the great stories. Such a colorful, amazing parsha. Brings us back so many, so many years. Yaakov and, and Leia and Rachel. One pasik I don't think that we've spoken about. Pasik haf Aleph. Says the Torah. Yaakov loved Rachel. Vayavo Yaakov a rachel shevashonim vayyubaynav kyamim achadim vavasawasa. Right? Yaakov loved Rachel. Vayyamar Yaakov a lavan. Haves ishti. Could I please have my wife? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Haves ishti. Kimalu yamai because you know my my work has uh, my days have been filled with avoileha and i don't want to be with her i want to have some kids rashi we read the Pasik. it's somewhat uh straightforward says what is so what do he say come on i want to have my wife because i want to have kids avoileha says rashi sha'amli imi od malu yamai hello Says let's read the whole Rashi. Shaamrali, the days have ful- 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 have been filled. That my mother, Rifka, told me, Vaod Malu Yamai, Shariani Ben paid Dalad Shanah. They must say would be shvatim. I gotta have twelve kids. I see that in 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 Ruhakodesh. Vizou Shaamar Vahovoa Elaha. What are the last two words of the Pasik? And I want to be with my wife. Falo Kal Shibakalame Omar Kane. Nobody speaks so crudely. You know, going over to your future father in law, you know, I want to, can I marry your daughter because I want to, uh, I want to be with her? That's what you say to your. How does ra- Yaakov Avinu say that? He had a nevuah that he was supposed to have. Shvatim? So that's why he spoke like this. The Archayim is bothered and others are bothered. You know, still, what exactly is, is the, uh, the message of, what exactly is the message of this, um of this Pasuk. I'm sorry, I went out of order for a second. Somehow, I, 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 I uh, look at source number 12. Source number 12, and then we're going to come back to the other source, which is on the uh, the following Pasuk. Says the, says the Yom Simcha, source number 12. Chazav Rashi, follow Kal Omer on the last page. Elo lahol etol Omer Vayin doesn't like this answer, he gives a couple of hal- halachic answers. But suggest the Yam Simcha, Rabbi Freed. The Yesh Hadvari and I have another suggestion to explain why Yaakov said what he said in the way that he did. Look for a moment at the Gemara Baba Basra Ches, source number thirteen. The Gemara there, we spoke about this a few months ago, this Gemara, Rebbi Bina'a, went and was, was went into Samach Pela. But either way, that's not for us. Now the end of that Gemara describes the beauty of different people. Shufrei, third line. Shufrei de Ravkahana me'en Shufrei de Rabiavo. was beautiful like Rabiavo. Shufrei de Rabiavo me'en Shufrei de Yaakov Avinu. Wow. Shufrei de Yaakov Avinu mein. Shufrei de Adam Harishon. Yaakov Avinu was as beautiful and gorgeous as Adam Harishon. Yaakov is somehow connected to Adam. right? We wouldn't have thought that. If you could compare Yaakov to somebody, maybe it would be Avraham To Adam? What does Yaakov have to do with Adam? And what does Adam have more than Yaakov? Says the Yam Simcha. Let's remember a Svarno that we discussed many years ago in Parshas Bracious. The Svarno says, in, back in the, it's quoted there in source number 12, the Yam Simcha. The Pasuk says, right before the Chet, Alban and Chava were naked. They were not embarrassed. What does the Svarano say there? There was no Yeh Sahara. At that time in history, before they ate from the Eitz there was no Yeh Sahara. It was all about serving Hashem. Every function of my body, every limb and organ of my body is L'shem Shemayim. There's no difference between any part of my body. Because it's all about shame Shemaim. There's nothing to hide. There's nothing to cover, says the sfarno of Lois Bashashu, because they were on such a level that there was no Yitzhara. Sahara. It was just me and Akadosh Baruch Hu and I'm serving him. When I eat, when I drink, when a husband and wife are together, it's all the same, says the Svarno. All of their body parts were just like their eyes and their nose and their hands because that's the level that they were on. Suggest the Yam Simcha, maybe that's what Yaakov was saying here. Yaakov was on such a level. Yaakov Avinu, who remember, he was the called the Bechir HaAvos. He combined the greatness of his father and his grandfather. Avravinus Avinu's Chesed, Yisuke Avinu's Gvura, he's brought together in what's called the of Tiferes, beauty, because he has all the things and that's why once Yaakov Avinu comes, you have the shvatim, and he starts insulating. He's not going out anymore, finding more Jews. He has the shvatim. He has the shifteka. Now he has to protect them and give them over what a kaddish baruch Hu wants. So Yaakov Avinu was the bechir haavos, suggests the yam simcha. ulafize maybe that's what Yaakov is telling to Lavan that I want to be with my wife and have kids. But that's that's all the shame Shemayim. That's that's not crude. Because that's just like eating. I eat to serve Hashem. I drink to serve Hashem. I'm with my wife to serve Hashem. Yaakov Avinu was on the level of Adam HaRisha on That's the Gemara. The Gemara in Baal Basra, Yaakov Avinu's beauty was like the beauty of Adam. What do you mean Adam wasn't so beautiful, was he? After the Chet? Yeah, before the Chet. Yaakov Avinu was on that level. Yes, la firish. is gabere awa khumri shalo. Leo's been madrega, kimo like Adam. Like the Gemara says, "Ma basor de lo shalata yeso harabiakov." And that's what the Gemara says he quotes, the Zebulomianikio shohet, um ishem hachi diber yakov bazehawashen." That's what Yakov spoken this lawshon, "To kol, ma pataso va tahlisos shlishu etzlo, hayu a p, right? What is the marriage for? Husband and wife, get married. what's the first imminent shul ganarah?" Marriage is about building a family, right? That's what uh, marriage is about, and that's what Yaakov was telling Yavon. because it was all l'shem Shammai. Good. Moving right along. Now let's go back to where we were up to. Source number, source number seven. We will get to. Says the Torah now. So what happens? Yaakov is married to two wives, and the Torah tells us, "Va'yavo gamel Rachel, vayav Rachel He loved Rachel more than Leah. That's Pasuk Lamed. Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Hashem sees that Leah is literally hated. <laughs> he opens up her womb. So Chazal already pick up on this, but it sounds like because since Leah was hated, Hashem gave her children. That's what the Psukim seemed to say. Vayar Hashem ki snua leya vayiftach es And the next passage. Fatar leya vatele dvein. Vatikra shmo ru Ki amra, ki roh Hashem es anyi. Ki ato yehavani ishi. Right, leya heruach ha-kodesh. Leya says, oh, now my my, my husband's going to love me. That's why Hashem gave me a child. And the next passage. Vatar vatele dvein. Vatomer ki shama Hashem ki snua anokhi. Vayitin ligam at Tikra Shimon. It's amazing to think about the names, right? How many of the names of the Shvatim have to do with hopes? This is not our topic now. Have to do with hopes, right? Right. Ruu. Hashem saw me, but I hope that my husband loves me now. Right. Right. tomer That's in the back. What's Yosef? Yosef Ashili Ben Acher. Many of them have to do with whether their reaction. Hapam that Ishielai. He's going to accompany me. Levi. It's all about the future. Interesting. But either way, we're going to focus on the Pasuk Aleph. Hashem sees that Leah is sinua, The question of many, the previous Pasuk just said that he loved Rachel more than he loved Leah, which is Mashba that he did love Leah, just that he loved Rachel more. So why did the next Pasuk say that he hated Leah? Okay, the Pasuk might be, like Mephoshim say, relatively, if there is a wife that's loved more then I feel hated. Right, it's not, um, that's the one, one shot. But says Ben Yakov. Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Milisa, the Nesivis, in his commentary on Chumash, Tamua, Zohar, right? To call Benin Mali, Hai the Vehain Bnei Snua. Well, let's just ask another ask another question first. The Zohar says that the Benin Mali, great kids, came from Leah. Great kids came from Rachel too, but the, the Zohar emphasizes that not only did Leah have children first; she had great children. She had Ruvain, Shibon, Levi, Yehuda. These were these were serious. Nothing against any other Shephet. But these were powerful. Ruvain and Yehuda. So, what's the message of Leah being Snua and the Zohar? Venire, says the Nachos Yaakov. This connects a little bit to what we discussed a couple weeks ago as well. Venire. Taha Kavana ki Yaakov, bir Oso, barua, Ki hu, rachel. Yaakov saw that Rachel was the one in Ruach HaKodesh. He saw her, right, when he saw her. Right, literally, it was love at first sight. Right, when he saw her, the And he thought to himself, just as we discussed last week, Yitzchak thought to himself. But he thought, Avraham needed two wives, Avram needed two wives, Avraham needed two wives, Needed a second wife because there was some part that wasn't purified yet. He had a little Yishmael in him. So that had to come from a, another wife. Even though we know Hagar did Keturah, she was also, towards the end, a righteous woman. She grace also, towards Mikomakom, end, a righteous woman. She was also a righteous woman. But it wasn't appropriate for Sari Imenu to have a Yishmael, so that's why Hagar came along. What about Yitzchak? There was a technical problem by Yitzchak. He was an Ola Tamima. He was perfect. Right? He never left Eretz Yisrael. Right? He, was, he couldn't marry another wife. So, that wasn't a choice. Remember we discussed last week? He thought about it. That's why maybe he was dominating. But, Rifko. Right, Rivka. that's what Rivka's question. Rak Yitzchak, Vishum Shai Lok Ola, Hutzrach of Me Rifka, Yaakov. But Yaakov thinks maybe I'm going to be like Avraham. He saw that he realized that I'm going to have two wives. Why do I have two wives? Right? So far, there's never been an Av with two wives that were both like two imahos. Right? If Yaakov thought he was going to be the third Av, there was Two Avos, uh, uh, there's Avram and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka, why would I think that I'm going to have two wives? It must be two wives. One's going to be like Sarah and one's going to be like Hagar. That's what he thought. Maybe I'm not perfect. and Maybe my kids are going to be perfect. And therefore, that's why I needed to marry Leah. Rachel, who is the primary aim in his mind just like Hagar that's what it means not that she was hated but Yaakov put her into this category maybe she was going to be the secondary so to speak line 22 he loved her as the Pusik says but he had this plan he had this plan but HaKadosh Baruch Hu realizes this and needs to teach Yaakov it's not true. Needs to teach Yaakov that Leah is like Rachel, is like Rivka, is like Sarah. They're the Imahos. Right? Bila and Zilpa maybe are a little different, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu therefore gives Leah children and gives her, gives her children, gives her, as the Zohar says, Bonin Mali. When Yaakov sees that, he realizes that he's wrong. He realizes that Leah is here to stay. Or definitely during the pregnancy. Just like Rivka knew in the pregnancy what his, her children were like. Estama Le also knew who, what her children were going to be like and therefore that's the Zohar and that's the Snua and that's of Yaakov Milisa's take on Yaakov Avinu's on Yaakov Avinu's discussion um, with his wives and his feelings for his his wives. Oh. Okay, moving right along. We're not going to talk this year as we've done in the past, but just one comment. We've noted it in the past, but uh, it's always worthy to, to say it again. When the Gemara describes the Maseches Baba Basra how, Rifka, uh, how Rachel Imenu gave over the simanim to Leah, and she didn't want she didn't want her to embarrassed, and she was really giving over her future. She didn't know what was going to be. She didn't, might not have known that there was going to be a second wife. So she gave it over. The Gemara calls that snius. Snius hay There was a snius in Rachel by giving over the signs. And that's what, that's the story. And the Gemara titles that as snius. This is not on your sheet. We've discussed this, I think, in past years. But, just that Gemara highlights the fact that snius is a way of life. It's not limited to how one dresses or how one talks, but it's how one holds oneself. Means I'm not in the center. I'm not looking to be in the center of the attention, center of the world. Rakhli put Leia in the center. Pachli Rakhli puts others. That's a tsanua attitude. When I don't focus on myself in all areas of my life. And that's when we celebrate Rakhili in this week's Parsha Rachel Mavakal Baneha. And Rachel is the only one that got left out of Marasa Machpayla but she's the only one that has the special power of tefillah, right? So we remember what gives her the power of tefillah because she was self-effacing and she was someone who gave, on, gave to the others. But there is one point towards the end of the Parsha which is somewhat questionable, let's say, and that's discussed also by the Mepharsha. Paraglamat at so Yaakov starts going back. Yaakov says, Lavan, we've had better days. It's time for me to go back. So they start heading back, and Lavan catches up, as we know. And what does Lavan say? Lavan says, You stole my truffle. You stole my idols. Where are my idols? Says the Torah. Rachel steals the idols. And later on we know she's sitting on them. I can't get up. Good. Says the Shvile Chaim, the rab from Canton, Ohio. Every couple of months, we have a thought of his. Says the Shvile Chaim right here. There is an age-old question that is asked by general secular ethicists, and also in Yadis, we have to ask what the what the answer is. matara mikadesh es <laughs> Does the end justify the means? If I have an ends that I want to get to, and it's a very holy and noble ends. What kind of means could I use to get there? Could I use somewhat less noble means to get to that ends? That's a question. Do the ends justify the means? Kenireh says the Shvilei it seems like Rachel had an answer to that question. Rachel thought, Daita Rachel haisa al Rachel thought, Well, I guess yes. Right, what she do? She did Geneva. She stole her father's idols in order to prevent them from doing avodah zara. Leficha gan vezatrafim k'deisha Yinz yinzar mi avodasam. Right, he shouldn't do avodah zara. But Chazal were not happy about this. Right, ulam mi diber Chazal anulomdim shehi nanchal Geneva. At least part of the reason, right, uh, that she was punished, right, says the Zohar and says other sources that she was punished for stealing the trafim. Right, she died in childbirth. Terrible. Rachel was a young woman when she died. Very young. Right, so, but, but she, uh, you yeah, know, but, uh, and we, we, we had, but we know of her as, as, as Rachel. Ephshar or, said the Shvetah it might not have been in the Geneva per se. Maybe it wasn't the Geneva itself. It was the pain she caused her father. Her father was a charlatan. Her father was a was a, uh, a sneaky individual who tricked financially her husband so many times, but she still pains her father actively in what she did. Maybe that's the problem here. <speaking in Hebrew> Avaleinze he says. From Chazal, it seems like it was the Geneva, but either way, this he assumes he thinks might be Racheli uh, Menus, the issue that is that is taking place here, the ends and the means, and therefore we l'chora would learn from here, turning the page, line sixteen. Right, the ends do not justify the means. It's the opposite. The means create the noble ends. That is what we get from our parsha. Right? We have to do it properly. We have to do the end, the means in order to create the ends. The problem is, says the Shvel Chaim, we have another halacha that seems to give us the opposite impression. And that's the halacha we learned a few weeks ago in the Parsha. And that is based on a Gemara in Messechas Yevamas. Also, line twenty-five. Vayom Hashem says to Avraham after he told Sarah that she was going to have a baby, and what does she say? Me? I am really old. And my husband? He's really old. And what does Hashem tell Avraham? Sarah laughed and said she was really old and did not say, Hashem said the whole truth? Not the whole truth and not nothing but the truth. And Chazal Darshan from there, Mishanah shalom. The Dalachi is one that's allowed to lie in order to keep the peace. In certain cases. Asks the shvilechayim One minute! The goal is to keep the peace, so I'm allowed to lie. Doesn't that kind of show that the ends justify the means and you could use less than noble means in order to achieve the goal? So why is it that Rachel was punished for stealing the, the Trophim to get her father not to do over to Zara? There it seems like the means justify and create the ends while Mishnah and Shalom seems otherwise. What's the difference Line thirty nine. To explain the contradiction, you have to realize this We've mentioned this years ago. From Mechayim it says this in a different context. There's one difference between the cases. Are you causing pain to another person? That's the difference. If I have a ends and getting there through means that are like, I have to lie. Mishanet ebrei ha'shalom? And it's not hurting anybody? So that's okay. But if ever the means are negatively affecting anybody else, that is not justifiable. It's like, that, let's just read it first. <speaking> Piggle the Asura Be'achlet, right, if there's any tsar to the other person. And therefore, in our case, where she was causing tsar even to a lovan, so that was not acceptable. Where do we, where do we have this, but where do we, else do we have this? We have this by Chazal, by Penina and Chana. If you remember the Chazal, Penina had many children, Chana, uh, did not, and Penina made fun of Chana. And what did that do? That caused Chana more pain. But why did Pinina do it according to Chazal? To make Chana, Chana have more pain and daven harder to be able to have a child. That's what Chazal say. And yet Chana, according to Chazal, lost her children. Why? Says of Chayesh Because when you put people in pain, it's like putting a hand in fire. It Doesn't matter why a person does it. it doesn't matter why. Right? Same idea here. Says the Shvile Chaim. If a person is, um, trying to, is causing a person pain, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, then again sometimes I have to do the right thing and it's what I have to do. But if there's an option of I don't need that end in order to get to that through these means, so then that is not acceptable. But if there's not, line 49, Hashem's not causing any problems, Oh, Shmuel, the l'shama. my say right. The other case where Shmuel says to, Hashem, sh- says to Hashem, when Hashem tells Shmuel, "Go annoy David," Shul is going to kill me. Now go tell him you are bringing karbanos. I am bringing karbanos. Right. So again, who's going to get hurt by that? He's just he's just making Shul not kill him. Right, putting him in more pain. So, and and it's already a closed deal that Dove is going to be anointed. So then, um, that is the that is the difference. Okay, yeah, more here, um, which we are uh, are not going to go into. But that is the um, that is the idea. Let's just end with one final thought from the Nesiva Shalom. Nesiva Shalom has a kuntrus that uh, collects called Haharuga Alecha. It's about fifteen drashas that he gave after uh, World War II, after the Shoah, all about the Shoah. But Chizik, it's, uh, it's printed separately in Kuntur's Haruga Lecha. So there, he quotes a thought from the uh, the Rebbe Kubrin on a Pasuk in our Parsha. And it's a drush, but it's something that we have to think about. Right, the Pasuk says, when Yaakov Avinu comes to Charon, the first thing he sees are a bunch of lazy shepherds. What happens... Towards the beginning of the Pasik test Pasik Zain. We know him, here, here's his daughter, coming with the sheep. Says Yaakov, It's still midday. Lo What are you what are you gab, what are you taking a break for? go give some sheep to your water to your sheep and go continue shepherding. Well, you're, you're cheating out. It's, the day's not over, and they say, we can't, because the head, the, the stone's too heavy, and Yaakov even takes care of business, and rolls off the stone. That phrase. Right? Pashas it means. The day is still the day, and, uh, it's not time to gather in the mikneh yet. Says the Nesiva Shalom in the name of earlier, Chasidisha Rebbeim, Heid <laughs> od hayom gadol. Od hayom gadol! Still now? The day is Gadol. The Gadol day is here. It's coming. It's upon us. The day of the Geula. Yom HaGadol V'Hanora. Od HaYom Gadol. Hinei Kfar Karei Buba Yom HaShem HaGadol V'Hanora. Kfar Nishmoim Hochim Pamei Mashiach. It's starting. Days, the, the days of Geula are here. Mashiach is coming. Lo Eis He-Asef mikne. It's not time to focus on gathering our possessions. It's not time to focus on our this-worldly assets. And he wrote this 50, 60 years ago. 70 years ago. Right, we see there's no other way to understand World War II except to know that it is the next step towards the Gula Asida. Whatever Gogomago was supposed to be, whatever all the terrible things of chevli Mashiach was, that happened already so that it's coming. Right? We were Mahader in all the Mashiach. Mashiach is coming, the day is coming. It's not a day to focus on our mikneh, on our cattle, on our Gashmias. Right, the day is coming, it's time to focus on Ruchnis. It's time to focus on our connection to Hashem. It's time to focus on what we know we need to focus on. As we started off this year, when a Jew wakes up in the morning, what does he say? Hashem <speaking in Hebrew> ba-makom That's how we have to live our lives. We have to realize, Ora yom gadol, Mashiach is on his way. Lo asef the day is to focus on our miknah, but the proper miknah that we need, the spiritual assets that we need to gird ourselves with, that is what we need to to focus on. Okay, we'll stop here. Next week there probably will not be a shir. I'm going to be traveling, giving some shirim in various places. I hope I'm getting back the following Tuesday. I hope El to have a parsha shir that following week. But the uh, next week I don't think there'll be a shir for uh, by Yishlach. But again, there's many years worth on the uh, on the computer. Okay, we'll stop here.